Today's episode of the Ringer Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor and the only fan-friendly app for buying and selling sports and music tickets. Other sites have gone back to the same old tactic of showing you a lower price and then charging huge, huge fees at checkout. But at SeatGeek, the price you see is always the price you pay. With SeatGeek, there's no guesswork. You'll know exactly how much you're paying, where you're sitting, and whether or not you're getting a good deal all right from your phone. So drop your old site and experience buying and selling tickets the way it should be. To start using SeatGeek, download the free SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Welcome to Channel 33, and welcome to the unnamed Ringer Wrestling Podcast. I'm David Shoemaker, a.k.a. The Masked Man, although that's not my Twitter handle anymore. And I'm here today with my good friend, Dan St. Germain. Dan, how you doing? David, I'm, I'm great. Dan, Thanks for having me on. It's a it's Brave honestly, new world here. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Um, <laughs> this looks like, uh, the right now, it looks like the office we're at, you know, in True Detective, when Woody Harrelson, like, had a failed private detective business. Yes. Yeah. It has that. There's just two office chairs and us looking at each other right yeah, now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's incredibly awkward. And made more <laughs> awkward by the fact that our producers are sitting there with their backs to us. So I don't really... It all may... <laughs> it's, it's very strange. Um, we'll have a name for this podcast eventually. I was just saying to Dan, before we started recording, that it's like, that naming a wrestling podcast in the year 2016 is the hardest thing in the world because literally every phrase every catchphrase every the name of every yeah, move everything's gone. everything's been taken yeah um but you know i'm sure that I'm, I'm sure that uh through the wisdom of bill simmons we'll figure something out dan introduce yourself to the people who don't know who you are uh my name is dan saint germain uh, i'm a i'm a stand-up comic here in los angeles i knew you from new york i was in new york for like eight, eight, a eight years—a yeah. long time—and uh, I also uh, have a podcast. I co-host the Not Safe with Nikki Glaser podcast. Yeah. It's mostly her podcast. Her name is in the show, and I write for them. And uh, I'm a huge wrestling fan. So yeah, there's, I'm sure I'm there's excited. a lot of Nikki Glaser pro wrestling. There's a crossover. lot of crossover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot, a lot of crossover. One thing you learn when you get to LA is that most writers' rooms are like 35 percent pro wrestling nuts. So you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of us out there. Feel good right. about yourself, wrestling fans. That's true. Um, Although when you first bring up you're a wrestling fan, it's kind of like bringing up your gay in the 1950s. Like you have to like say a couple things to right. like you be like, so what do you do on Monday nights? You like hint things, you know, oh, yeah. and then eventually you're like, oh, he's one of us. Yeah. Thank um, God. Or she is. It's, Mostly he's the. Yeah. <laughs> it's better now than it was when I started doing this, when I started doing this writing about wrestling job. I'll, I'll say that much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, people still get it confused for UFC and and boxing and and obviously collegiate wrestling, but you know we're working yeah. we're working our way to prominence. Um, well, listen, we're going to talk today about uh, about Raw this past week. We're going to talk about Extreme Rules, which is coming up this weekend. Uh, I'm going to talk about hardcore wrestling in general and where it, where it exists in the modern wrestling world uh, or WWE in particular. But right off the bat, there's a couple of news items I wanted to make sure we touched on. The big one of today. Um, which is, by the way, Andre the Giant's seventieth birthday, or would have been his seventieth birthday. So I, I saw from Stephanie McMahon's account. Yeah, well, um, Andre is getting a lot of due spotlight these days. There's a there's a there's a movie and a documentary in the works separately. And uh, David Arquette, right, is going to be playing. Him. I have no idea he's going to be playing. That him. would be really great. David Arquette, <laughs> David Arquette with like with uh, like Lord of the Rings style special effects. I <laughs> yeah. I would be all in for that. Um, 
So uh, John Cena was announced today as the host of the 2016 ESPY Awards. I saw that. I'm excited for him. Yeah? I, I like John Cena. I mean, I was one of those guys in the beginning who, you know, thought he was super corny, but like... You know, even um, even watching old clips last night to see how much he's evolved, it's it's amazing. And he's like genuinely funny in Trainwreck. You know? Oh like, yeah. I, I mean, there, it's kind of. I mean, I don't I don't know if ironic is surely the wrong word, but it's interesting that John Cena is maybe better at everything besides being a wrestler. And actually, and, and I'm one of his defenders. I think yeah. he's a top notch wrestler. Yeah. But his personality conveys on Good Morning. I mean, on uh, the Today Show, sort of better than it does in the ring. Like no, he's, he's, he's he, like he's like the white Michael Strahan. <laughs> All right, I think that's a good idea. That, that, that's, a, that's a good way to look at it. I mean, I think he'll be great on the ESPYs. I mean, it'll be... I, I, yeah, I mean, he's going to have like 20 writers. Hopefully, it's not the same people that wrote the Torito stuff, El Torito stuff. Yeah. That he'll, he'll have a bunch of writers. He's charming. He's funny. It'll be... It'll be fine. Yeah. He'll, he'll be great. We'll keep battle raps to a minimum and I everything. Think so. will go just bring fine. him back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I saw him on, you know, he has that reality show, which is still in I've progress, it, yeah. right? I saw the first episode and it was, it was good. Yeah. I mean, it's a reality show. You yeah. know, I mean, it's very, people are, people are competing to see who's like the most all American soldierish. Um, <laughs> it's really an, an unnerving thing to see John Cena in, uh, in pants. And I mean, like, for yeah. some reason, I get the oversized suit that he wears on, t- on like the Today Show is sort of OK. But yeah. he's, he was cut at the beginning of the of the reality show. He's wearing uh, just like really form fitting for like like military pants and a tight military sweater. And it's just so big that no matter what long pants he wears, it looks like capris, you know, like yeah. he's like it just doesn't look appropriate. for Yeah, that guy. it looks like it looks like he's wearing it's closer to naked than his wrestling attire is somehow. <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure how that works. Um, but yeah, he's great. And he also saw, he was on the last episode, I think of, of, uh, American Idol. He was one of those like celebrities in the audience cause Fox is pushing this show. Right. So they seeing John Cena outside of the ring is always a little bit jarring, but he's very yeah. good at being that person. So congratulations to him. And, and, uh, yeah, I hope he does great on the ESPYs. Uh, Emma just had back surgery. Do you have any feelings on that? I mean, I, I know it's sad again cause she seemed like she was starting to, you yeah. know, kind of figure it out and totally true. You but and her new character was really great. At least she didn't like throw it her back like stealing stuff from CBS. <laughs> <laughs> That's just really that inappropriate. Would, that would have been worse. Oh man, I don't have I don't I don't have the the, the court ruling here in front of me, so I'm just going to not comment. Um, and uh, let's see, there there were a couple of interesting things on. Oh, there was a, there was an interesting bit from from Dave Meltzer that I saw on on Reddit about how mm-hmm. WWE's ad rates were are like kind of shockingly low. Like they have the. Uh, they have the like a such a desirable demographic, right? And even, right. Though, even though the ratings are down, we all know they're down from years past. They're actually good for cable TV. Yeah. Um. And so and and yet their ad rates are one seventh of a UFC fight night and one tenth of just like you know cable show X. No, yeah, I don't. I mean, maybe it's just because they know guys don't buy anything. Guys in particular. Guys in particular don't buy anything. Yeah. You know, I don't know why that's the most coveted demographic because. You know the only only out al- like most of the albums that sell are very female friendly. Still, you know, like I, I just don't I don't get it. You know. Yeah. Well, what do you bet tickets to your comedy shows? What, is it? Oh, it's so hard to get them, David. <laughs> it's you had to get on a list. Like you're on the list. You haven't even been to one yet. Yeah. Um, well, I, I can't wait to do that. <laughs> um, there was also a story about about this concussion. I mean, there's a there's a former wrestler's lawsuit that is just very slowly over the, past, the course of a couple of years been making its way through the system. And I saw that a bunch Vince, of people got deposed. Yeah. Vince and Triple H were deposed um, in a sort of surprise deposition. Like, they didn't give him that much warning. Yeah. Um, 
this case is really hard to follow. I mean, at some point there's going to be, you know, I mean, I, people have written more intelligently about it than I can speak to it right now. Uh, but there were a lot of these former wrestler cases that, um, that and some of them got thrown out. Um, Billy Jack Haynes was like the, 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 whatever the name of record on one of them and his got tossed. And this is just, um, I, I think that, I think what's, what's at stake here is that WWE was like, like hiding information about concussion. I mean, it's basically like oh, the NFL the, concussion yeah. scandal. Like you knew more than you said you knew. And I don't know. It's yeah, tough. I guess it's the gray area. I mean, because it's like, cause for a long time, no one knew about CTE, you know, it would be like, it would be like, you know, prosecuting someone for being racist in the forties. You mean everybody, yeah, you we know, do, we, yeah, we, we, we do that about old professional wrestlers on a semi-regular <laughs> basis. <but. laughs> yeah. So you're, you, I guess you got to wonder when they, when they found out. I mean, Vince has not had a great record with court cases, so no, I'm not sure how. No, that... and, and you know, well, I mean, we'll see. His, like his, his personality doesn't necessarily lend itself really well to those situations either. So <laughs> uh, we can, we can. Um, I mean, honestly, it's one of these is one of those situations where, like, I hope the truth comes out. You kind of just expect that the ending is going to be. A sort of screw job, no wrestling correlation intended in like yeah. one way or the other. Like it's like it's just going to seem like they get to the wrong place. But I mean, I, it's crazy how much has changed because, you know, we were uh, you told me to watch a pay-per-view from like 11 years ago last night. Yeah. And just how many headshots were in, were in that pay-per-view. Like, oh, yeah. It's totally changed. Yeah. You know, yeah, now we watched we watched one night. We watched the ECW one night stand, the second one from 2006 mm-hmm. uh, for this conversation we're going to have later about hardcore wrestling. And yeah, I mean, it was the level of just insane insanity in, on that card. And it wasn't even, I mean, it's not like it was just like blood from start to finish, but when it happened, no, it, it was, was just brutal. like, yeah, really kind of hard to watch. Brutal. And especially like, cause I, I'm one of the things that you would say always on, on your old show, you'd talk about like, it's called so, cheap heat. It still cheap exists. Heat. I think well, we, we don't want to acknowledge it like TNA. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, I think it's okay. I think I, those guys I'm are still my friends. Shoemaker. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think, um, you know, like you had said before, it's, it, it is like watching it. It's really fun to watch certain people r- wrestle. It's really fun to watch like RVD get hit with a chair, but it's really not fun to watch Terry Funk get hit. Yeah. You know? Like it, it, for some people, you're just like, I don't want to see you guys. I don't want to see the cast of Cocoon fight in hell in the oh, cell. Oh, sure. You know? And it's weird to see Edge like bump around when it, when you know that like his career was like ended not too long, you know, just a few mm. years after that because he is, you know, a yeah. degenerative neck condition. I mean, and you don't even know if one contributes to the other necessarily. But that's sort of what the C- the CTE thing is all about, you yeah. know. What I mean, you just don't. The correlation is always going to be a little bit a little bit foggy, and uh, and you know, I just ho- I don't I, I can't imagine this case is going to like break out any brand new information that's going to help our understanding. But um, you know, if these guys are what if a professional wrestling is the one that finally settles concussions? Well, I mean, they, the they, they 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 made a smart move, like from a marketing standpoint or, or PR standpoint, they got out ahead of it. In a, before the NFL was, they just felt, I guess the NFL thought they couldn't do that, that they would have been giving away too much in their own court cases by saying it was a real thing. But, you know, WWE went from like pretending it, you know, this sort of thing was impossible. Like CT didn't exist to being like this mat to donating massive amounts of money, money to the legacy foundation or legacy Institute. They're, they're listed in the deposition too, right? That foundation. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. They're yeah. part of it. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, well, we'll, we'll, I'm sure I'll be talking more about that in coming weeks. Um, let's just jump to raw this week. Sure. Uh, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a, a couple of months since I've talked about an episode of Raw on a uh, on a podcast. So, I'm sort you, of like, are you excited? 
I'm excited, man. I've been I've been gearing up for this. It's also like the past few weeks of Raw have all sort of blurred together for me, though, because I don't like I, I haven't been say, speaking out loud. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, except to occasional like hobos on the street about like what <laughs> what happened on Raw last night. You, re- yeah, um, you realize it wasn't a hobo, it was just Smith Hart. I'm not. Yeah. If, so if I'm missing, <laughs> oh God, if, I, if I'm missing anything, just explain it to me or, you know, tell me that I'm crazy. But all right. So the big the big going thing uh, the interest right now is is the Roman Reigns versus AJ Styles feud. Which I thought this was the first week for me. It seemed a little slow. Like before this, I thought they were actually doing a lot of almost like Shakespearean subtle like turns in the sense that like, okay, well, he's going to hit him, but he's he's going to hesitate, but then end up hitting him because of something else someone else did. Yeah. Um, And now it's now it's almost kind of. I think they've kind of worked through as complex it can be now, and yeah. now they've just got to have a blow-off match. I agree. I mean, there's something particular about... Well, there's two There's two competing interests in wrestling. Neither of them are the actual thing that's happening on television. But one, mm. I've said this before, so much of what happens on Raw is choreographed more for like the video package that they end up showing before the, the pay-per-view yeah. than like what's actually happening. Yeah. Um, but also, it, it's, it's, it's live, right? So if AJ sort of like, you know, grimaces and repeats a line... You don't know if that was just sort of like a flub or if he meant to do it. If you were watching this on a movie screen somewhere, you would you would take it as high art or like as, as some sort yeah. of art and you would accept it for what it was and read into it, read, read in all the subtext and whatever. But I think you're right. And they, they've been kind of going around in circles with this, but it, it's in a weirdly fulfilling way. It does feel like something real is playing out on screen between the club, which is now, I guess, the official name for aj and uh and his buddies <laughs> i'm not I don't, I don't know if i agree with that i don't know but whatever uh and uh and and the roman reigns and why family do they have can... to name it that's my thing is like the ba- they already have the baylor club right it, well, they have t-shirts it doesn't t-shirts. The, the idea doesn't quite exist yet but so like when he joins is it going to be the baylor club club like that's what i'm <laughs> <laughs> like can't they couldn't they have just saved that until he joined it you yeah know? and also i mean we didn't really get the we were, we're still messing around with the, the idea that they're not aligned that they're just off-screen friends who are yeah. intersecting in the ring occasionally i gotta say their outfits are are pretty rough they have to do something the, the white sleeve this yeah it looks like power with... ranger villains like it's it's pretty rough and roman reigns is outfit it's like the the factions that are fighting have the most like 90s outfits that i've ever yeah, it's, it's like max moon-esque sort of outfits yeah 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 you're right i mean in roman reigns and i mean you, you also get that sort of like indie wrestling vibe where there's just way too many clothes being worn like what are we covering up with all these yeah. guys sort of you yeah, know yeah yeah um but yeah, it's a it's a, it's definitely a weird look. But anyway, I mean, but the but you know, uh, Gallows and Anderson have been have been really great so far. I mean, I, mean, I like, think that the yeah, it's it's good that the Usos are doing something besides just being generic faces. Yeah, you know, so that's nice. This is that they're this is I think up. their ideal usage in a yeah. lot of ways. I mean, say what you will about Roman Reigns and uh, as champion or whatever, but like they're much cooler as as like friends and enforcers and everything else than. Uh, well, Roman Reigns is so much more interesting. When you don't have Stephanie or Triple H involved them, because the whole dynamic leading up to that WrestleMania was like this one guy against the machine, but everyone knew he was part of the machine, so yeah. no one bought it. So now that he's with the Usos, you're at least like, okay, well, this is like a family. I can buy this. Yeah, and I buy this character at least. Yeah, and the feud with AJ Styles definitely has a lot of like these, you know, the real, you know, the real world connotation too, because AJ is getting all these cheers that Roman should have been getting, right? At least on on televised things. I mean, Roman. 
Roman's Roman's, you know, very popular as far as merch sales and, you know, headlining live, you know, house show, it's that kind of stuff goes. But yeah. Um, and he definitely gets his fair share of cheers. But but yeah, I mean, it's it's nice to see them feuding in a sort of in a sort of real way. And they're yeah. feuding and they're feuding in not, while not a, a hardcore way so far. I mean, Not we'll see what happens way. on Sunday. There, it's it, it seemed like a very the like Roman realistic still battle. Does remind me of like every generic browser's porn star <laughs> I've ever seen in my entire. He has that look. Well, you know, I, th- I remember people making that joke about Batista, like how eight years ago or however yeah. long it was. I mean, I think that that's kind of that's that's Vince McMahon's you know aesthetic. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I think you know at one point. Uh, AJ kind of felt like he was turning heel a little bit. You know, he, he said, "Is the, the quote was, is this not the new era of the WWE? Ugh. Which I don't know if that's also a branding thing that I've just missed. I just, I, I hate when the, I hate the new era. So, cause they did that in the, they, it always just seems like a cry for help because the last time they did that, like the new generation, it was right after Hogan left, and it's yeah. like Diesel, you know, like John Pierre Lafitte. Yeah, it's know? like it's like we're, we're like totally rebooting, but we want to make it sound like a good thing instead of like like you know we're just replacing the cast with a bunch of people you've never heard of. Or exactly. Something. Yeah, um, and they're also repeating. Speaking of like you know things we've heard before, they're totally they're like. Michael Cole is very loudly pulling the love him or hate him, or I guess maybe it was JBL, the love him or hate him shtick with uh, with the you know the Cena shtick with 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 Roman oh, Reigns. They, they push that whenever exactly. they. It's like the you know this guy's crazy for Ambrose. When they find one thing they think works, it's just they they beat it until it's a bloody pulp. You know, yeah. I love it that they do it. They said it. They they I think it was Big Cass said something about the new era and then made an Urkel joke. <laughs> it was like the <laughs> oh weird, my god, you made a joke like are you? It's like this is so new yeah baby yeah. you know like you're we, some awesome power we thing. talk a lot about you know how wrestlers have too like their schedule is too hard they're out there on the road too much they're busting their bodies up but really yeah. i think that the, the takeaway from what you just said is they need more days off so they can like watch television and get like immerse <laughs> immerse themselves in contemporary pop culture i think that'd be good for everybody <laughs> under the employee of wwe we'll come back to these guys when we talk to pay-per-view but um uh, the other big, I mean, the other like really cool segment from Raw was the four way IC title thing where it was it started yeah. off as a you know as one on one right and then quickly evolved into a mixed tag. Um, it was cool to see uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens on the same team, uh, yeah, despite was, the fact that they they weren't getting along. So great, Kevin Owens. I mean, they they both are, but Kevin Owens, it's like he's so good. It, it really is like if a if a snarky wrestling fan became a wrestler that does have that feeling of like he just says exactly what you want to hear yeah. you know like he, tells the story you want to watch it's yeah amazing. he's exactly the wrestler that we all think we would be although not like one zero of us could pull it off to the extent that he's pulled it off um the uh you know it's funny because the crowd is so into him that it actually makes the announced team better like, because they're like getting into the crowd as you watch, like yeah. during the course. I mean, during the course of that match, they acknowledged how into the crowd it was a weird thing. The crowd's really into Kevin Owens, but then like the announcers were just kind of caught up in it. It was a very strange thing that you don't hear that much because they're yeah. very, very, they're very staid or they're very like sticking to the script, sort of. He's, uh, I, and he's one of the few guys who like, like when he went to, when, when he had that match where he dropped the NXT title in Japan. 
um, where people cheered him and then he like threw the flowers away and said, I hate your stupid country. And then immediately started bo- people started booing him again. Like he's one of those guys who can at least for a moment flip you. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's the sort of I mean, it's the thing we've seen before with The Rock and we saw with Paul Heyman where people in, on some level, it's a it's a respectful boo. Like, oh, oh like you kind yeah. of get you kind of get uh, jolted back into the into the rest like the old school wrestling mark where you're like, yes, we will boo. Sorry, I forgot. But like, uh, but yeah, but he's actually a much purer heel than The Rock. You know, I mean, like he, when, when The Rock was a heel, it was still a lot of the sort of carny stuff where he's just like, you know, it was a sort of jokey heel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that that feud is really great. And one of my favorite things that have come out that came out of that match on Monday was the Miz getting you can't wrestle chance, which I actually think is a, mo- a step in the right direction for the Miz. Yeah. Just the, the fact that crowds are responding to him enough to chant you can't wrestle. That, I mean, that that chant could have been his highest point in five years or something. He's in one of those weird positions where. If you don't give him anything and you see him talk, then you're like, oh, this guy could be doing so much more. But as soon as you give him something, people are like, why does he have this? Yeah. He's in this like he's not, you know, he's just he just it just doesn't seem like it fits no matter where he's at. You yeah. Know? It, it's it's always been a weird thing for him. And it's 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 going to continue to be that way. I mean, I think he's I don't I mean, obviously, when he was the champion, he was just sort of shotgun that position. And you can obviously have a million. I mean, take exception to that a million different ways. But he definitely had more utility as a champion than he does as sort of just sort of floundering or floundering on the mid card, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that because when WWE gives you a chance to say what is he doing, then then that answer that question sort of answers itself. You know, I mean, it's like he's not really doing anything, and I don't know why he's there. <laughs> Although the Miz, like, he's really great in a lot of ways. He's a yeah. really really compelling talker. He's the most one of the most hateable guys on the roster, and. Uh, and you know, with Maurice back, I mean, I think that there's, I think that there's, you know, a lot more that they can mine there. And he's not a hey bad, now. yeah, um, <laughs> he's not, he's, and he's not a bad wrestler. He does, he, he does have that thing. I think Brandon Stroud said it a million years ago that like he's one of those guys that he looks like he's a, he's playing a professional wrestler. Like he looks like he's trying, like he's yeah. sort of a sort of a pantomime aspect to his in ring stuff. And he whatever. looks like a Hollywood actor trained really hard to become a wrestler. Sure, yeah. Um, and he sort of has that body too, where it doesn't quite match the other. Like the anyway, I won't get too much into like my body critique on the show. It's the next forty five. We should minutes. get off of Raw, but the, I guess the other other cool thing is for the second time in recent memory, the women's contract signing was the main event of an episode of the of I don't know if yeah, it was the Go Home that. Show last time, but um, that was kind of cool. And and that Natalia was was one of the two. Is it is like I don't know. It, it just sort of seems like they're. Uh, you know that they're that they are really committing to this, and maybe maybe it's artificial, maybe it's going to be short lived. But it's but the the women's division is is has been consistently one of the most entertaining parts of the show for a while, and WWE yeah. really see at least you know at least it's, maybe it's another PR thing, but they see the value in putting in putting these women you know front and center. Yeah, I mean, I love you know obviously I love Flair, I love Charlotte, um, I love Natalia. I did feel like. It felt like a almost like a a segment that more benefited the McMahon storyline than it did because you have Stephanie being really nice to Shane for a couple of weeks and now you see the first crack which yeah. is her slapping the beloved Ric Flair in his hometown yeah. which I know he's playing a heel but no matter what he's going to be a, he's going to be a face in that town so that Ric Flair bump the, the bump that he took off of that slap might have been the first like comically bad bump in Ric Flair's career I mean <laughs> it's like he's been so good for so long but it was hilarious so that yeah. I 
don't really have any complaint. I mean, he was sort of the way he was like reacting in slow motion and then sort of looking back to make sure he didn't fall on his daughter and like clip her ankle and like, oh my god. But it was great. I, um, I, I mean, I just I, I love that they're they're finding ways to use Rick without making without it being like demeaning to Charlotte's character. I'm sure there are people that disagree, but like she's still the star. You know, yeah. and Rick is sort of just like the corny manager at this point. Um, but the uh, do you think we're you I mean, you mentioned Steph. Do you think that the it, that this is heading eventually to like a Charlotte Stephanie match? No, I think they're setting up. I mean, it just seems like I mean, this is all from the dirt sheets, but it seems like they're setting up Shane and Triple H again, which would be a smackdown in 99. But, yeah. you know, it seems like it's going to be like a main event at SummerSlam, or at least that's what they're. Wow. Going for, right? It, it, uh, yeah, no, like, that would why be... Would they, why that. would they put them together? It doesn't make any sense to put them together like this unless they're going to break them apart. It's the old wrestling thing. Why yeah, no, of course. Why them together to break them that, apart? That, that, that totally makes sense. Um, I still, like, I, at some point, I can just see myself as, leading up to their SummerSlam match, if that's what happens, asking why Shane is wrestling in a hockey jersey when he's, like, the third best-built guy on the roster this, <laughs> as, like, a 45-year-old man. was amazing. His, his fashion deserves its, its own column. Like, I, he's, 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 uh, he's trying some things out. Like, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. <laughs> um, let's get out of Raw. Is there, do, you, do you have anything to say about the Shining Stars? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand. It's like... Now they're so afraid of being racist that I think they <laughs> pick the most generic. It just feels like a like it feels like a sixth graders report on Puerto Rico is wrestling. That's what it felt like. Where you're <laughs> like, let's have the most generic Puerto Rican combo. Yeah, like they're just all island people. They're it all felt- that. And they're like they're dealing with Zika right now. They're real people <laughs> there. They've got their own bullshit too. You know, like oh <laughs> man, I. I- I certainly felt like when they were walking to the ring and saying the island was their, I mean, the ring was their island and all that kind of stuff. Like, it was corny and it seemed so bad, but it felt like an NXT gimmick that was called up without any retooling, sort of. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this might be like a hot take, but I actually think that the that the Shining Stars would just be really over in NXT if they if they were two guys you'd never heard of and ran this exact same gimmick down yeah. there for a couple of months. American Ultra. I mean, that's like the most throwback gimmick ever. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Um, they did two. They, it's also weird to see their finishing move is so violent because i just remember that from ecw total annihilation yeah of course and like it's just such an amazing violent awesome like move and then to have these guys who are just kind of generic do it you're like this doesn't make any sense for their personality i just want i've just missed somebody yelling total annihilation you know when it happens yeah i think we all we all uh (laughs) there's there's some things that joey styles did really well and i was just like 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 going into that zone and screaming the names of moves really loudly, I think was. <laughs> and you go back and you watch it, and it's just so canned and corny, but it worked so well to like just make your blood boil. You know, I mean, to yeah. like to really get you going on it. Um, all right, man. Well, you talked about uh, you talked about ECW. We were just we were just talking about the great Joey Styles. Um, and, and Extreme Rules is coming up this Sunday. But before we get into the pay per view, I, I told you I wanted to talk about just sort of hardcore wrestling. Um, and where you know what its place is in, in WWE right now, like it's come a long way. I wrote about ECW after it, had, you know, shuttered shuttered itself, shuttered its windows, whatever, from dead uh, on Deadspin years ago. Um, it's kind of talking about how 
hardcore wrestling was like necessary for professional wrestling at that moment and ECW in particular you know mm-hmm. it had gotten really silly at WWF WWE it, just, it was just sort of cornball thing that was really easy for casual fans or non-fans to make fun of and ECW you know love it or hate it just sort of redeemed the whole the whole wrestling world by making it real again and a sort you know in the way that like when our parents were watching territorial wrestling and like you know when i was growing up watching just like some random fat dude come out and punch jerry lawler in the face at this in like the the cwa studio and you're like oh man that's real like they look like they're they're fighting in a parking lot like yeah. that's that's a real thing yeah um but i don't know and then you know wwe at this point has totally co-opted it you know the fact that it's its own pay-per-view and very rarely anywhere else except for cage matches and stuff like that is is uh I don't know, man. I mean, do you like? Do you get do you get excited when you hear they're gonna there's gonna be an extreme rules match or a no, chair? No, I, I think it's the same complaint most wrestling fans have. Where once you, uh, you know, it's like hell in the cell. You know, once you, there's no re- if you're just having a gimmick match for the sake of gimmick match, then it loses its meaning. You know, like there's no reason that uh, like really there's not a reason AJ Styles and Roman Reigns should be an extreme rules match if you really like look at it sure you know like they have in their feud they haven't earned that yet and you even know, if like Jericho Ambrose maybe but even and even if AJ Styles and Roman Reigns had earned it it's sort of it's sort of made less significant by the fact that like there's all these other matches on the card that are also engaging exactly. in these stipulate it just seems it's I mean it doesn't seem forced it is forced that's the whole premise of the thing yeah um, but yeah, I mean, there's also this aspect of it be, of like this sort of indie movement being co-opted by the mainstream, right? I mean, like whatever your favorite, like indie music scene, like by the time that your favorite indie band makes it onto a major label and is on all the radio stations, yeah. you, you necessarily, it's, it's not the same thing. Yeah. Smash or even if it, are doing the Batman and Robin soundtrack. Exactly. And, and even if it is the same thing, then you just, you still are mad because it's like everybody's into what used to be your favorite thing. That was my, yeah, that was my identity. And yet wrestling fans still clamor for blood at every turn. It's gotten not, to not the other them, event. I, can we at least just, if someone bleeds, we don't have to stitch them up? Can we just, like, not stop the match? <laughs> oh, yeah. Just but, at least give us that. Yeah. Yeah, or just let them, let them bleed for a few for, like, 30 seconds so there's, like, blood around or something. Right, exactly. Um, well, we went back and watched, this is not, this is not by no definition classic, you know, ECW, but we went back and watched ECW One Night Stand 06 because I thought it was really interesting because they did a lot of real callbacks to what made ECW... Uh, ECW, and then the main event was you know John Cena versus RVD in this sort of establishment versus underground championship match. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that there's I think that there's a lot of interesting things about that show. The, the, we watch it from the beginning, and and Paul Heyman comes out in you know leather leather jack leather long leather coat and baseball cap with the ponytail and yeah. you kind of it's hilarious because physically he is current Paul Heyman like under all of that yeah. but he's just wearing this silly costume yeah, yeah. to evoke where you know like the 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 Paulie dangerously or Paul Heyman of the early ECW heyday um and it just but hearing him cut this promo cuz he's obviously so good at it I guess part of my, I, I, part of me, my, I, I had this this question that like, is part of the reason that we love hardcore and ECW so much just because Paul Heyman told us to. I don't know. You know, it's a like, Paul Heyman is like, he could have been a senator. You know, like he's one of these oh, guys. Sure. He could have been in a. Uh, he probably could have been an Oscar winning actor. I mean, he could have done a lot because he's one of those guys. He's still considered ECW. 
And you talk to a lot of like you watch those ECW documentaries, either the ones that are produced by WWE or the independent ones. Yeah. And a lot of it is them rightfully so blaming Paul Heyman for the discretion of ECW. Yeah. And then Paul Heyman is able to be like, well, no, WWE's destroying it. But then you actually look at the facts, you're like, no, you lost all that money, but somehow he's the guy who's like he's able to like just through one promo convince you that he's the underground dude and he's the one who's fighting against the establishment. Well, and going back to like the indie band like parallel, yeah. it almost makes him cooler for the fact that he like squandered all this money and put them yeah. out of business, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like we all love the rock stars who drink themselves to death more than the ones that actually like make it big. Or those yeah. are the ones that feel more legit. There's, There's a certain some... legitimacy that comes with like with like flaming out. So so Except like now with shoot interviews, we know the roadies that the rock star put out of business and it's not as fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when they talk about the money being gone. But Oh yeah. No, that's that stuff's all really sad. But you know, I mean uh, I don't I, it's, it'd be interesting it, it, you know, it's always a great counterfactual like what if ECW it's found a way to continue what if some angel investor had come in and kept it afloat yeah. I mean I think that Triple H said this when I interviewed him years ago and uh, you know I, I, I somewhat agree with it that like ECW is great in, in your memory. It's great in theory. If you go back and watch full episodes of the TV show or whatever, it's not as great. You know, there's a lot of weird stuff. And and One Night Stand 2006 was actually a good example of that. I mean, like, the show starts with the Taz-Jerry Lawler match, which is basically just like a comedy, like get the crowd going. It lasted right. one second. Uh, kind of get your rocks off sort of match. It felt like a good way to start a live event rather than a way to start a pay-per-view. That's yeah, I mean, but I think and like. I think that's really indicative of what the, what that show was and what ECW was in a lot of ways. You know, mm-hmm. the TV shows were kind of pasted together live shows and um, with weird backstage segments like st- stuck in there. I mean, the, the ECW legends that they brought back... Um, you know, Balls Mahoney versus Masada Tanaka and, and uh, Sabu was there against Rey Mysterio, who was obviously a big WWE star at the time. But, yeah. Um, and then there was the, the full-blooded Italians um, were, in, were, were in there. I mean, there, that stuff just felt so, at least in retrospect, just kind of a lot of it felt really just insignificant. Well, that, that, that full-blooded, it, the one thing I found really significant, though, about the full-blooded Italians versus Tajiri, I think it's super crazy, right? Yeah. Uh, was just Big Show coming at the and and like clearing house and it just seemed like an almost like a metaphor for what's going to happen to that company <laughs> That's like great. WWE is just erasing your history you well, know at the end of it big show stand our WWE guy stands tall and everyone else is decimated. Yeah, well, the, the funny thing that you see throughout the course of the match is that they're you know they're at the time they're running this like ECW invasion angle you yeah. know before they launch the new ECW TV show and like Kurt Angle is team ECW and the big show like turn, makes a turn on WWE and becomes ECW and again, this is the my indie band is making it big fan base where the fan base is, is largely WWE fans who are like loving or chanting along as if they're ECW fans. Yeah. But the fans wholeheartedly embraced Kurt Angle and Big Show. You know, there's like there's no distinction between the cheers that Sabu got None. and the cheers that Kurt Angle got. All Kurt Angle had to do to get those cheers is say like, oh, yeah, I'm team ECW. You well, know? that's because at the time, too, I was a huge ECW fan. And it, when came when I came back, I was like so hopeful and that was the moment, like, that was pitch hate John Cena time. You know, like, yeah, that yeah. was peak, sorry, peak hate John Cena time, where everyone, like, everyone was just like, just any alternative. Yeah, well, I mean, but we'll talk about that title match, but first, I mean, there was the the, the Foley, the Mick Foley, Edge, and Lita versus Terry Funk, Tommy Dreamer, and Beulah match that was gross. I mean, Some it was stuff, no, I mean, like, that's <laughs> the thing that I thought, too, where I was like, um, like, basically, Edge... 
uh, st- molesting Bula, Bula, Bula or whatever yeah. her name is at the end of it. Uh, and Bula the- McGilligutty. Uh, like, how, how do you say her name? Bula. Bula, thank you. Um, and he's like humping her while I'm like, this is gross. Yeah, that was a really weird Edge and Lita like X-rated moment in their in their careers. But uh, but yeah, and then, and and um, I mean, you were talking about you were you were talking about Terry Funk, and he just got absolutely just bloodied, you know, to a pulp in that match, which is yeah. always sort of weird to see. I mean, when you're watching on like why just watching it on the WWE network it's just like I can't believe this is still here like it's very strange I mean it's, yeah. it's great for what it is I'm not saying they should no, take I mean, it off I, no. Terry Bung is one of my favorites of all time mine too but yeah. like when he was fighting in Japanese death matches he was still old and it was fun you know what I mean or like first years at ECW he was still the old guy and it was really fun yeah but there's a there's a point where it's just like becomes oh this is a fun grizzled old veteran verse oh I'm afraid of this guy's for this guy's life and what's the line that you cross to get to the other part of it yeah that's really it's a good point because it's not like he he and a lot of these guys they kept wrestling for a while after but for the purposes of this show they were trotted out as just sort of like reunion tour right like we're yeah. just gonna bring these guys back out here and like we're gonna do the things that we're gonna pop the crowd i mean it's basically like an ecw version of stone cold coming out at wrestlemania and stunning you know whoever you know i mean just like getting just popping the crowd that's stone cold's not gonna wrestle a match but he's gonna stun a guy and drink some beers and whatever the difference is that in this case terry funk just like gets is like bleeding like a stuck pig which is if that is like you know the special move that you're known for to pop the crowd uh, it's not a great special move hepatitis <laughs> is not a good special move didn't you throughout the whole uh pay-per-view did you like whenever they played the ec like the didn't you think the wyatt's were ki- oh like, yeah because ki- uh, they like like the old ecw i guess sound effects was the same thing the same sound effect they use whenever the wyatt's appear so the whole yeah. time i was like oh my god is luke harper here every time that happened yeah the uh terry funk was i guess is like one of the most famous ecw matches ever was his match against sabu at born to be wired 97 where they had a death match like a japanese style death match that was just absolutely gross and um it basically ends with them so tangled up in barbed wire that neither of them can move, yeah. and they—I mean, it's just, like it sounds like I'm be—I'm like no, it's overstating legit. I've it. Seen that match. Like they just can't. Like it's just at the end of the match, people have to come out with like wire cutters and just extract them. It's, and it's, it's the weird, disgusting. It's, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not. Yeah, I mean, it's. I always, I always, I keep saying hard to watch. It's a good match. It's really interesting, but it's, it's that's also when Sabu had like a like a twelve inch gash in his bicep and just taped it shut. Like, and he still has that giant scar. You know, I mean, just it's crazy. Sabu is like one of my favorites just because he is the he is the guy. Like, I think like oh, yeah. more like hearing him t- on talk is Jericho or I forget where it was, but he doesn't know. Like, he's like, yeah, I don't know how to talk. So I just have to put my body through a lot of pain. Yeah, <laughs> that's like what he's I've said. also always loved him because he just sort of looks like your friend's dad. Like he, he'd be wearing yeah. like a short sleeve button down and a clip on tie and working at like a, you know, Office Depot or something, except for the <laughs> fact that he just decided to be a pro wrestler and was incredibly good at it. Oh, so good. Um, but yeah. And before and before we get up, before we get to uh, get away from that match, there was also we also got a reference Beulah's famous match against Bill Alfonso, which was also back in 97, where she just bled him like a stuck pig. And yeah, it, I, the rumor is that he it was supposed to be his farewell. Like he was just getting fired, but he bled so much and every every all the boys just like loved him after that. And he stayed employed. But um but yeah, it's that's 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 the kind of weird world parallel universe of ECW where you can have a non-match that is somehow more compelling than a real match. I mean, it speaks to what made them so great, and at the time, it was really, really amazing and important for wrestling. But it was, uh, it was, you know, it's it's a lot to go back and watch now. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad I quit drinking, but if I could, 
go back and like with like I would love to go back and go to like an ECW event in like Philly or Hammerstein Ballroom oh, yeah. and just you know because that I, I mean that must have been so crazy it was just like half like half like Woodstock half gathering of the Juggalos yeah and then, and then like oh my god it would have been great there's nothing yeah I mean there, there's not it's a very singular wrestling experience or it seems like one I wasn't there but it, like I would yeah. love to go back and do that too but uh, that's definitely one of those promotions you couldn't explain to your girlfriend <laughs> You know, like you couldn't go there. Yeah, see some woman. It wasn't like PWG drove. where there's a little bit of like an open like hipster aspect to yeah. it or whatever. Yeah, it's really strange. <laughs> it's like these are all and that's the, another thing. Watching the event that I thought was they always make reference on these uh, on these shoot interviews or anything else. And by the way, watch RVD's shoot interview because his impersonation of Shawn Michaels is the greatest Shawn Michaels impersonation. <laughs> he does the eye right. It's amazing. Uh. Um, but uh, like what like that like the East there is an element of the ECW audience like half of them went to Ring of Honor but the other half who didn't graduate high school <laughs> yeah. and are truck drivers they must have disappeared they're not around anymore because some of the and, and it's probably good because yeah, some oh, of those yeah. chants are like you guys are animals yeah animals yeah they, it was really rough and I mean some it got really rough that was I mean it was the sort of like birth of the fans are an equal part because we can we can get together and chant we're like yeah. equal, we're like we're like the third man in the ring because like you can't stop us you know yeah um but yeah i mean there, there's I, i've said this before but there's nothing there's nothing better than like the seamless transition from like holy shit where you're just reacting to the match to yeah. can't see shit where you're basically stage directing like the whole <laughs> crowd is just like you're wrestling in a really inappropriate place right now like 90 percent of us can't see what's going on you're back in an aisle you're going down you know you're going backstage i thought that was that that that's always like been the funniest thing to me but what do you think about rob rob van dam versus john cena for the title with this like crazy unnecessarily schmozzy ending well i love i i forgot that like cena was still had the mark Wahlberg accent at that point they yeah. were doing promos in the back and you really you forget how much his voice has changed yeah that and was he's, my first he's, thought. he's evolved he's evolved more than you think well it was kind of cool because this is like the first time like maybe and cena was probably just working the audience but you did feel like he was legitimately pissed yeah. at times and he was working real heel it wasn't like like hey i'm a heel wink wink yeah like he was like legitimately like it was it was interesting to watch his character work in that match yeah because it was like the first time he was like hey i'm gonna play this multi-layered it's sort of character. Totally true. I mean, you, I, I think I remember people saying at the time that he was surprised by the response that he got. You know, I mean, he, yeah. was, he was a pretty, pretty pure baby face at that point. And, and yeah, I mean, and was very, very over with the mainstream WWE crowd. I mean, it wasn't this, yeah. you know, we, we all forget how popular he was uh, after all these years of Cena sucks chance or, you know, whatever. But he, but he's, um, yeah, it was, it was interesting to see him getting that sort of treatment. Um Although it wasn't as bad as it could have been, I mean, it didn't feel like he no. was—he he wasn't getting significantly a significantly worse reaction than like Randy Orton got. You know, no. I, mean, I think it was just you're an outsider. We're gonna give you the—we're gonna give you the shit, and we're gonna move on. And also, like Cena made like it wasn't RVD who gave them the most fun that night. It was Cena yeah. when Cena was like throwing that shirt, and they were throwing it back. Yeah. That was the most fun that crowd had. They had just as much fun doing that as they did when RVD won. You yeah. know, so like there is a begrudging respect of like you're going to make me happy I think that, that you're pissing me off so much. I mean, I think it was definitely as a fan back then, it was an absolute shock that RVD won. 
right? I mean, yeah. it was despite the fact that you look back at it now, it seems like, oh, it's an ECW event. They're setting up this ECW TV show. It all makes total sense. I mean, I, I was I, I if I were if I had a wrestling podcast back then making pr- pay-per-view predictions, I would have said 100 percent John Cena wins. But they'll figure out a way to make RVD look good and make the fans a little bit happy. They'll you know, he'll hit a, he'll hit the Van Terminator after the match. He'll do something, you know, but, and it was it was crazy that they went that way. Also, what, what did you did you did, what did you think about the ending? I mean, I, I thought it was, uh, you know, I actually thought it was, I thought it was booked well, because it's yeah. like, you, it was booked well. To, it's kind of sad when you when you figure out, like, right afterwards, RVD lost both titles within a month. Yeah. Right after that happened. And it was basically just to build an Edge Cena program again, which, you know, whatever to that. But then he lost the ECW title, like, big show. Yeah. Wait, was from that a was, screw job? Was was there, I, I've never. Wait, was that like a marijuana arrest situation? Was I there a reason so. why he yeah, dropped it? Yeah, I think it was a marijuana, and I don't think he was getting along with anybody in the back. At least that's what he said. Yeah. With like shoot interviews, he was like not a. Yeah. He's not a get along type of guy. It doesn't seem like, which is funny because he's got this pothead persona. Yeah. But uh, you know. I don't think <laughs> I'm going to go watch the shoot interview as soon as we're done doing this. <laughs> There's really, some good ones. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. I mean, the, the weird, the screw jobby ending was weird that, I mean, I, that Heyman had to come out and make the count because the referee had been knocked out because then the next night on whatever was the next night, was it raw or yeah, it was raw the next night um, that he came out and said, and, and just said like, Oh no, Vince is respecting the, the decision. You know, like it seemed like there was some way they could have booked it so that like it would have seemed legit. I feel like fans there didn't get the full feeling of of although they did get to cheer for Paul Heyman at the end of the show, which made everybody very happy. Yeah. But now that I'm saying that, like, imagine if if that if Triple H played that Paul Heyman role at like a big NXT show and came out and like counted one, two, three for a champion (laughs) for a title change. Like everybody would just be shitting on Triple H so hard for booking himself into the main event. (laughs) Triple H really is like he is the most like, I can't win no matter what because even when he's like I'm gonna put somebody over and be the bad guy then they cheer for him yeah. it's like the weirdest he can't be the good guy he wants to be he can't be the bad guy he wants to be no and that's sort of the, the, like the state of wrestling in 2016 in a microcosm though it's just yeah. like not, the only, nothing if, I mean sometimes things work for a couple of months but at some point it's gonna go off the rails whether you like it or not and seven you just, hours a week yeah you, just gotta, you gotta just be ready for it <laughs> um, but what so, so we're I mean we're gonna transition into extreme rules uh, the pay-per-view that's coming up mm-hmm. um you know i think that watching that that main event like when edge came in and then the, i mean the schmoz finish or whatever it was nothing nothing specific to wwe but edge running in was like you were talking about the big show earlier it was like oh yeah this is just a wwe storyline and we're just appropriating this content uh, or this this style right after I mean they, this was the second one night one night stand and then the year after that I guess is when they launched Extreme Rules and made uh, for the first Extreme Rules I think they were clear that like this is we're doing this instead of one night stand it's the same thing different name yeah um, I mean not ECW com- stars coming back but this is our hardcore night and then since then they've sort of like distanced themselves from ECW, you know, ECW yeah. and all that kind of stuff for you know a variety of reasons but. Um, it, I mean, there is a direct lineage from ECW to this pay-per-view we have on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And it's just sort of weird to see that it's like just kind of how how unexciting it is. I mean, if they like you were saying before, if there were one match, if one match had earned, you know, we hate each other so, so much, we're going to hit each other with brass knuckles for 30 minutes. Like, that's cool. 
But it's like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, when you when you have a Democratic or Republican convention and they have protest zones, yeah. you know, it like kind of takes the steam out of the protest. Yeah. If you like are like, all right, well, this is our carefully planned area this where the you're free allowed speech to zone. be mad at. Yeah, yeah. The, the free speech zone, which is just like, it's all just like, that's it's double speak. Yeah, that's what Extreme Rules feels like. It feels yeah. like the... The free speech zone, and I, I don't, I don't get it, but you know, I mean, they have to have more pay per views. They have to have more. They have to have some hook to market it on every time, but it's you know, market ahead of time. You yeah. Know, to the to the to Slim Jim or whoever their their advertiser is that's paying one seventh what they would pay the UFC. <laughs> what would you pay? Who? What would you rather? What event would you rather see go? Extreme Rules or Hell in a Cell? Or <sighs> TLC? Um. I mean, they're all. I, I would. I would just throw them all out. But like, I feel like TL, yeah. TLC has insinuated itself as sort of the fourth major pay per view. Like Survivor Series is out and TLC is in. No, that's Money in the Bank. Right? Or Money, Money in the Bank is kind of like the oh fourth yeah. Major. Then there's TLC. But I think TLC is legit. I mean, I feel like TLC, yeah. even though like if you have one thing a year, if that's that's like a hardcore style pay per view where anything can go, then that actually could be, become a storyline where like people are trying to infuse before TLC comes around. You know, whatever. Yeah, like yeah. we know this is happening. Like yeah, it's like I'd, I'd rather feud with Zack Ryder this month. You know, it's like <laughs> let me get out of here. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's too much. And I mean, I've 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 been saying forever that they should just have like you know four or five major pay per views that have names, and the rest should just be WWE one fifty or whatever. Just make it, and then have the have the main event or have whatever, even if it's not a title match, have a big match carry the thing. Have you know Dean Ambrose versus Jericho's faces really big on the on the poster, and just say like you know WWE one fifty Jericho Ambrose whatever. You know, like make it seem like a real thing, That's make it like great. UFC like in your or house. <laughs> yeah, they just don't call. It a th- don't call it in your house and you'll be fine just you know uh, that was the only reason i was here was to try to like put bring back in your house yeah. you just have like three pages of in your house material right in front of you it is a little bit on the nose that when they started in your house the big goal was like oh even you wrestling fans could maybe own a house <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you dirty animals <laughs> one day yeah i mean and that's why we're not getting we're not getting fancy advertisers you know we're just like they know that none of we're all homeless that's it um yeah, well, it was the worst house ever. It wasn't. It was just like some like beach house in Orlando, and it, it was, was it was like a two it was like a two year lease or something. Like yeah. it was, you didn't really get the house. It was like what like Brutus the Barber Beefcake lost in a settlement, <laughs> and then they're just like, yeah, use this. Oh the, man, the bathroom bathroom mirrors are all broken up. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, from uh, from the extreme days of ECW to this Sunday, WWE's Extreme Rules pay per view. Um, yeah, I couldn't get I couldn't get my excitement level up too high for that. Let's run through the card and make some picks. If you have any thoughts on any of these feuds that we haven't already covered, by all means, bring them in. Um, do you care about Dolph Ziggler versus Baron Corbin? Um, you know, a friend of mine, give him a shout out, uh, Diego, who also works at Not uh, Safe. Um, he brought up the fact that Baron Corbin is like a real, uh, which is the weirdest shout out, just giving someone their first name. Um, <laughs> Diego Rafferty, I believe. Uh, I may have mispronounced his name now. I feel like a dick. But I, I, I feel like at least Baron Corbin, he brought up this, is a good heel. Yeah. So, I mean, he is a legit heel. He hates he hates the fans and wrestling. I mean, that's the point this guy had made to me. And So, do I care? I, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I, I would like to watch it. I'm not like, ugh, but yeah. it's also not like a reason I'm tuning in. It's, I think, yeah, I think that, that middle ground. He, the, the feud is actually for, it's a small thing, but they've done an okay job with it. It's stretched out maybe a little bit too long, but the, but the, um, 
Yeah, I think that I have this. My, my my biggest hang up with Baron Corbin is not what I thought it would be when I watched him in NXT. That I was worried that he wasn't good enough, or he wasn't he wasn't going to quite get there. I now have this sort of like meta level discomfort watching him that I think that WWE is going to mess it up, or like they're not like they haven't figured out how to make this career work, and we're going to have to just watch it sort of fail in slow motion over the course of the next three years or something. Yeah, they, um, they don't know how to. But there's no way to make that guy. There's something about having. A receding hairline and having a lot of hair. Like, he's got the... He's yeah. got both, which is like the most heelish thing ever. I don't know why. Unless you're Bernie Sanders. It's I a guess. it's a, it's a very weird look, and I get I, like I've one of my as a as a bald man. One of my like never ending pet peeves is that WWE. You know they have like Doctor James Andrews under you know like he, they can call the best surgeon in the country, and every time a wrestler blows out his knee, and yet they don't have just like Tom Brady's hair transplant guy on <laughs> speed dial. You know, there's like so many of there's there's like five wrestlers who are like going bald in front of our eyes, and it's just like. <laughs> We can't. It's terrible. It makes me sad. You know. Just let it go. Yeah. Let it. Yeah. And the option. The other option is join uh, Cesaro and myself on the on the beautiful and bald end of the spectrum. <laughs> Cesaro. Uh, Cesaro's like I love Cesaro, but I don't know what I feel about that magic Mike strip away James Bond suit thing in the beginning of it. That yeah, that whole thing is really weird, and it just smacks of them giving him a new gimmick. You know, like remember yeah. I mean, when he debuted, it was like every three weeks. It was like now he wears a beret, now he wears sunglasses, now he has a different coat than he had now he speaks a lot of languages you know like it was all <laughs> just like make him the i mean make him the benoit of art without you know the horrible history but like he's just a really good wrestler yeah that can be his gimmick well they do that in the ring and that's when he's most over no one cares yeah. how he comes to the ring it's just all sort of silly although dude does look good in a suit and i kind of like you know it, it, it's it's growing on me a little bit it seemed really corny at the beginning so you know I, I, I don't I don't even know I, I agree with you it's it's just it's it's too much but I, I don't hate it as much as I thought I would um, uh, the new day versus the vaude villains do you have uh, do you, any any that, thoughts on well, that let me see it's very hard um, it's very hard for wrestling to put up something legitimately funny not just like wrestling funny where you're like this is ridiculous yeah, this is coming from a professional comedian but I will say the Kofi Kingston going back to 2009 Kofi Kingston so through the time machine yeah. was like legit hilarious I'm like Oh, that, that's like, I, I can't, you know, like, it, you get so surprised when you're like, oh, this isn't The Rock just, you know, telling some... It pretty, is. This and is, like, legit, like, self-referential and really clever. And a lot of, I mean, it's, uh, to, to make the bigger point, it's something, like, structural about pro wrestling, right? I mean, it's not like it, that wrestling is just full of unfunny people. I mean, we both know very funny people who have written for WWE. Absolutely. You know, we both talked to... Patrice O'Neill. Yeah, exactly. for WCW or WWE. Yeah, WWE. Yeah, yeah, and... and yeah. Uh, and and you know I've talked to a million wrestlers who were like legitimately funny people, yeah. but just the way it conveys from the ring through the cameras to where you are at home, it's just like it's difficult to be funny in the way that we all normally experience, like laugh out loud humor yeah. or whatever. I think like what I've experienced is like the like it's it's weird because the ones that are funny in wrestling are actually not funny like in real life but like yeah. people who weren't like I think Batista is really funny as like a comedic actor and he was never really that funny as a wrestler up until his last run when he would do some stuff as a heel that sure. was pretty funny but then he ends up like figuring it out comedically you know I guess because he took it so seriously I, I don't know yeah I mean you you I mean I think part of it is being able to play heel and being yeah. in, the, in the modern era you can sort of be a little bit funny but I think part of it is also getting out and looking back in and saying and like just being self-aware and a level that you you could never be when you spend 
you know, years and years on the road, five days a week, just performing in front of crowd in front of crowds. You can understand why John Cena got a little bit pissy when when fans started booing him because he's just like, no, wait, I'm doing this job the same way I used to be doing it. Like, how is, you know, like, I'm a professional wrestler. This is what's supposed to, I'm supposed to get cheers. Like, this is crazy. Um, but you take a step away, and maybe John Cena, you know, maybe his his forays into Hollywood will help him too. But I think if you take a deep breath and you come back, you can just be like, oh, yeah, this is sort of, this is just a put-on. Let me just, like, yeah. I, can, I can acknowledge this. Isn't it weird that they seem like they're definitely building up more for Cena's return to Raw than anything on Extreme Rules? There were like three packages there on Monday night. And like, I actually... He's I w- coming back, and I'm looking forward to that more, too. I, well, I'm, I'm in, I just moved to Los Angeles, so I, have mo- I think people listening here might know this, but I don't even have cable or anything, so I watched it on Hulu, and um, and those packages were in the Hulu Plus. Like there, I think there were at least two, and maybe three, in the, on the Hulu presentation, which is amazing, because they have like nine... They cut it down to 90 minutes, right? Yeah. I mean, so there were whole segments that didn't make the show. The Golden Truth thing didn't make the Hulu show. I mean, there, there were a there number was, of... Ma- well, you missed, the Becky Lynch match didn't make it. There was a, like, no joke, like, three-minute Golden Truth package. Really? Waiting up to the match. It was crazy. I was like, oh, is this really happening right that's now? That's nuts. They, like, they built it up like it was this huge storyline that we've all been, like, like hook like you know glued to the tv for you know that's it's uh at least they're giving at least they're giving those guys some screen time and actually taking these like kind of mid-level or sub-mid-level feud seriously because like what i wish that they just like do the obvious story with those two it's like oh they're old veterans who lose a lot yeah. Why can't that be? Why can't they just be the mid-card version of the Expendables? Why exactly. do we have to like, we would do like, this goofy comedy thing with Yeah, them? just finding ways to get on the television. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like we, I think that's why the Cody Rhodes, uh, few, they're the brothers or whatever. That worked so well. Yeah, you know? that's totally true. But dust do you think, to dust. Well, so there's, we're still talking tag teams, but do you think, I mean, are the, are the villains? I'm excited. I mean, I think they're actually handling them pretty well. When they when they made the jump, they're they're still sort of the same retro characters, and they talk about you know loving the loving the past. When they first got called up, I said the only way this works is if they actually just make them hipsters who like like who act like you know just current contemporary people who just per, yeah. you know grow their grow the funny facial hair and say they like and just pretend like wrestling was so much better back in the day. It's not too far from what they're doing. Right, um, but are they? You think they're like here to stay, or are they just like filling in for for Enzo and Cass since Enzo's hurt right now? I think they're filling in. Unfortunately, yeah. it, I like the gimmick. I'm, you know, I, but I. Here's the thing: is I really love the old Bodell. I mean, like when Bodellis first got sure. called up to the main roster, and that gimmick, which I think had more legs, didn't last. So this gimmick, which I like, which I think has even less legs, I I don't see. Yeah, you know, I don't well, know. Well, they've been doing be a better job as real soon. I, I say I would say on cheap heat that the, the, the big thing with with character with creating a character is you can build a, you can make a character in, in NXT and get it over, right? Like I said, yeah. like the the shining stars or whatever could get could get over on NXT because the crowd there is like they're supportive, you know, and they're like they they chant in unison and stuff. Now, not everything works, but a good gimmick yeah. can work. But the thing with the, with bringing somebody over to Raw is that you have to number one maybe tweak the gimmick to make it more palatable to the mainstream. Like the Ascension should have never come up the way that they did, you know, being the same no. gimmick. But the second thing is you have to be ready to pivot. Right. You have to go in knowing what like like in case of emergency break glass, you got to know what's behind that glass. 
Uh, from the yeah. from the very start, and I think that hopefully they've been doing a better job of that, and hopefully the vaudevillains sort of have that second act built into them, uh, built into their characters. We'll see if they've if they've figured it out. But yeah, I mean, Bo Dallas, they just clearly didn't. They had this. They they debuted him well. They had him wrestle. All, they do all these kind of like squashy matches and get himself over, and then or try to get himself over. And then what happened? Then what was supposed to happen after that? I don't think anybody really knew. I I, I mean, you know, you bring up like why gimmicks work and. NXT versus WWE and I think it's the same reason like in ECW people could get hot uh, that would normally not get hot in WCW and WWE it's because people trust NXT yeah. so when you bring out a character like a vaudevillian they're like okay uh, they probably know what they're doing. Let me just give it a break. But WWE has burned us so many times before 100% true. that, yeah, like, yeah. when you bring out something we- weird, they're just like, "Oh, this is going to be like Mantar." Yeah, you know, like they they we, they don't have the they don't have they haven't earned up enough goodwill for us to. It, that's exactly right. And even if they bring out something good, you're just like, "Well, they're going to screw this up." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And ECW was the same thing where people would be like, like you know, like people would like would have these amazing careers that normally, you know, just incredible was a main eventer. And I, I like that guy a lot, but you know, like if he wasn't just in WWE, it would not have worked out the same way. Sure. And they know? had guys that were, you know, like minimally talented that sort of perpetually existed on the mid card or, you know, whatever. Right. And, and they weren't, and they were beloved wrestlers, you yeah. know, I mean, to be able to get like, I love Tommy dreamer to death, but like to look at that guy when he debuted to think that he was going to someday be like the face of hardcore, the fact yeah. that they, that they just sort of made that happen just by sheer force of will. Uh, and you know, a lot of Singapore cane strikes to the back is, is, is pretty incredible in its own right. Um, but anyway, do, wait, do, are we are we doing picks? Do you have a, do you do you care who's going to win Dolph Ziggler versus Baron Corbin? Uh, I think it's I don't I really don't know this one because I think it could go. They care as little about either. One. I feel like that they. I, I think it's going to be Corbin, but again, I, I that would I would not be. Surprised. Yeah, this has been a weird feud to predict from the start because it seems like Corbin needs it. That he needs to demolish. You know, needs to win in his debut feud. But it's weird to. If Dolph Ziggler has one has any you know one ounce of backstage cred or pull or whatever, it seems weird to make him just die you know go under for Baron Corbin. Didn't he already beat Corbin yeah, last yeah, yeah, month? Yeah. That's the so only they're trading wins. 50, but, 50, yeah. yeah, 50 50 booking. I, I would say. Corbin. All right, so Corbin, yeah, uh, New Day has to beat the Vaudevillains. Are we on the <sighs> right. agreement? There? I mean, they may just because we're saying that they may swerve <laughs> it. That's the only reason. Is, is there any way that that Natalia beats Charlotte? No. Even with the Ric Flair gets involved and they and she loses the belt stipulation. No, I I don't I don't see it. I still think that they're building Charlotte to eventually lose to Sasha. But yeah, um, I think that that's I, I think I think that you're correct. Um, but it's a. It, the, the the stipulation is interesting. It wouldn't surprise me if there was like Ric Flair was secretly involved and it was the title was held up the next night on Raw only for Charlotte to eventually just get the title back or you know yeah. something to keep this going. Um, but that's been you know it's been a fun feud. You know I'm just like I was saying before I'm happy to see Natalia like getting getting but it, being put in a position to succeed. She's always been good. Yeah, you know um, Rusev versus Kalisto. I think Rusev wins. Um, just so they have the option of Cena possibly winning the title back when he comes oh, back. Oh, that's in. interesting. Um, yeah, Kalisto's been Kalisto's been really good, but there's just sort of a limit to it. Seems like again they've just sort of capped out what they thought they could do with him. He's so. really good, and uh, you know he's impressed me. But I just don't. Is the new wait? The, and the League of Nations is over. That's over. But the but but Rusev and Del it's Rio, really over for Wade Barrett. Yeah, like super <laughs> over for him. Um, but yeah, it's over for everybody else too. I think. But Rusev and and Del Rio are still buddies. 
because they guess. were working and they were working together to. I mean, I I heard a rumor. You know, I read all the dirt sheets. So I'm the worst. I'm sure anyone who works for the company is going to be like, oh, "This is good." You know, if they're listening. <laughs> yeah. But I I. Uh, I, I heard that like the, that they're keeping Del. There's people that are keeping Del Rio down. Like they don't really have a plan for Del Rio, and then Rusev has like a ton of backstage heat from other stuff. So it's just weird to break up a faction and then keep two thirds of it together. I don't even know. Yeah, I'm not even sure exactly what's happening with that faction. Yeah. So maybe maybe this is just one of those storylines that's really going to be just really artfully put together and it's going to pay off in like six months right. with a lot of these like small twists and well, turns well you never know when they stop looking like look at the New Day when they stop putting the microscope on stuff it could get really good yeah I mean it sucks as a New Day I mean because the League of Nations is like as poorly as they were booked a lot of the time were uh, like got, were getting really funny and working and like they were they, they had a lot of like yeah. group charisma greatest Wrestlemania 7 stable of all time <laughs> that's what it felt like yeah I guess that's true <laughs> um, what about so the four way for the IC title we talked about a little bit before I mean it's I mean it's it's a really cool match, you know, I and mean, church yeah. probably going to be, uh, I mean, I could see this being like a throwaway five minute thing. I could see them just like letting this be the anchor for the show and just put it, you know, have it go 30, yeah. 40 minutes or something like that. This one's probably the, one of the harder ones to predict. I'm guessing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I said this at WrestleMania, but, but like, it's, I can see, uh, uh, I can see, like, I don't think that, like, if, if they're going to go with Owens and Zayn, if they're going to go down that road, which they, I don't even know they are, but if they're going to do Owens Zayn, they don't need the IC title, yeah. right? I, I could see a thing where they're doing Owens and Zayn for, the, you know, through to SummerSlam, and they just let Cesaro versus Miz be the IC title feud for right now, right? I could also see them splitting this off in the other two pairings where you have, like, Miz versus Sami Zayn for a few months, and then Owens versus Cesaro, and that would be for the IC title, I, right? I think... I think the smart money's on Cesaro to win this. I, I, I'm, I'm tempted to agree. I actually think Cesaro or Miz are the good are the better options, but I just because they seem to be trying to give Miz a push, but also Cesaro. Both those guys seem like they're trying to find the right spot for them. And like mm-hmm. I said, Owens and Zayn don't really need it right now. Owens can keep milking the "I want to take back my title" at any point in the next two years that he decides to yeah. not be wrestling Sami Zayn or you know just want need a you know, something to do on an episode of Raw. Although there's like, you know, I, I can't, Cesaro's one of those guys, he's almost kind of like Dean Ambrose where like he only works, like you're saying, like in a really elevated position. Sure. You know, like Cesaro's one of those guys that I like, I'm less interested with him fighting the Miz and I th- but I still think he would be an amazing Brock Lesnar opponent you know he's yeah. one of the only guys who could legitimately do that like him Kevin Owens maybe and Randy Orton so it's I don't know it would just be so much better I keep going back to this where can we combine the US and Intercontinental title I know there's like not enough people but it just see it makes it less important because nobody knows which title is more important yeah, it's totally true. I mean, at least I, I, there's some. I mean, the IC title is clearly more important, but it just it it's if it's there's storytelling crutches, and as long as they're there, it, it, you don't have to work that hard. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, not that they don't. The WWE creative team yeah. doesn't, but and they've done a good job for this one. I mean, to juggle the four guys in the IC title match in a way that they all sort of have a stake. You know, yeah. like we're having trouble picking. We can't project where they're going, and also they've all gotten like a good amount of screen time and character development. I mean, the Miz is coming out of this better than. He started so i mean they all yeah. are um 
Zane and, and Owens have been the closest to treading water in this foursome, although they're, they're still kind of telling their story to the casual fan in a way that you, you know, the people listening to this podcast, we don't, we don't need to be, have it reiterated to us that these guys have known each other for years, but for some people that's Do you that's think necessary. they're going to bring El Generico back at some point? Or? Yeah, well, I, t- I, noted, I said this back, back on my other podcast, but there, but someone, someone posted online um, that, El Generico's mask, when you look at it, the red is actually the exact same shape as the SZ Sami Zayn logo. Oh, like, really? It, it, like, there's no way it's not deliberate. That, 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 that's the, like, Sami Zayn's always been a weird name. And it's like, what? And I could just imagine them being like, what if we use this? Oh, look at this mask is like an and SZ. And then it combines and on then the like, Triton. Yeah. And then we like, yeah. And then we, and then like, so we got to find a name with an S and a Z, you know? And that's kind of how it all. That's the coolest thing about that. It's like, Oh man, what do we do? We've already had him fight too much. All right, well he's El Generico now, and then it's a completely different view. It's 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 such a gimme. And I, I mean, I fantasy booked this, I think, in a column or something years or a year or two ago that like, like Sammy, like they've been they've been trying to you know they they tried and failed with the original Sin Cara, and yeah. that Sammy Zayn could actually be the new Daniel Bryan and what the thing they always wanted from Sin Cara, which is like if if they just had you know the authority keep him down and fire him and then he comes back as a luchador <laughs> then he's like the luchador of their dreams yeah, and yeah. like the underdog like main eventer of their dreams yeah. uh like he like and just the amount no matter no matter how everyone listening to this that thinks there's no way they're ever going to do generico just the number of masks that they would sell is that makes it plausible more than anything else i mean you know them letting aj styles and samoa joe keep their names are evidence that they're willing to do anything yeah so. i think and, and aj said recently that like you know that someone asked him or some as someone asked samoa joe and he said i have a really good lawyer it was a joke but then he said it was actually like you know we went and said do you want to sell t-shirts tomorrow or do you want to sell them in three months once i get this new name established and i think that that's a yeah the, the mer- merch is a real consideration for him i, I think so um but yeah but i hope he comes back um uh, so okay, what else we have? Oh, Dean Ambrose versus Chris Jericho in and like the, the Ambrose Asylum. <laughs> it's so silly, but at the same time, I will. You can. I'll defend this match by saying yeah. this isn't sillier than a lot of the stuff that ECW used to put on, no, on a regular basis. Well, I think it, it feels more WCW Halloween Havoc. Yeah, that's true. You know, than it does. I kept saying like I would. I would love the Asylum to just be like a big house, and every door you open, it's somebody who has a bad relationship with the company now. <laughs> like it's like, oh my god, it's Sunny, it's Scott Steiner, and that's. <laughs> That would be for me the craziest because the way it came down, it almost looked like a video game where you pick up props to exactly, fight the way they yeah. were elevated in each. So I think it's pretty stupid, but uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I'll always love Jericho even when he's in an. Uh, you know, I, I think that his heel version now is better than any any time he's been faced years beforehand. Yeah, you know, especially. You can't be in Fozzie and not be a heel. A hundred percent true. It's a you can't have a side celebrity band for the thing you're not known to, known as, and not be a heel. Yeah, you know. I mean, you also can't be like a like a forty five year old man in underwear and not be a heel. You know, that's <laughs> exactly. just sort of inherently like like you're like he's he's uh, you know showing off a body that he doesn't have anymore. But he's like just really, but he's still really into it. Oh, the, well, I, I realized too, like when they had the whole light up jacket feud. Uh-huh. I'm like, is this a plotline from Greece? I feel. Like this is something that would happen in Greece. There's nothing better than you 
broke my th- there's nothing there's no better wrestling feud than you broke my thing I mean it keeps coming <laughs> back over and over again the other the other great one which we've seen which we saw yeah. I think twice on Monday night was like I'm taking a title that doesn't belong to me and ho- and like pretending it's mine <laughs> like there's no, nothing makes a champion matter than someone just like f- forcibly stealing the title uh, I mean you'd think that in like a professional organization there'd be some recourse here like like you know texting Vince McMahon and saying can you tell him to give me my title back that I always thought the coolest way they're going to get the Wyatts over is if you have the Wyatts either they win the world title or they win the intercontinental title or something and then they do the Shane Douglas thing where they set it on fire in front of everybody where they're like hey it's all meaningless you know oh yeah but no instead they're I don't know what they're doing what are the Wyatts doing I I literally don't know the answer Uh, they're not coming back I guess Bray was injured and Luke's injured and uh, Eric Rowan Hopefully he's got a gig. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so I, I guess they're going to be coming back at some point. I, I don't know. They wow. obviously need some sort of a retool. They they certainly do. When, when I talked to Bray at WrestleMania, it seemed like he had it planned out, but he just did, was waiting was waiting for someone in, in creative to say okay. Yeah. And we'll see if, if any of that works out. Yeah, um, such a talent, that guy. He's he's the best. I mean, just really, he's so good. He's good in the ring. He's so good on the mic. You know, just with a little bit of steering and and he's he's in, he's one of the coolest real life guys like he like they should be sending him everywhere you know just yeah. to, because he is sort of scary and weird i mean very scary and weird in real no, life yeah i mean harper is great too they're both they're both incredible and it just stinks to like you know, you uh, know. but back to jericho ambrose i mean i think that uh, this is a silly feud but it's fine like this is an okay yeah. this, is a, this is a totally fine place for these two wrestlers to be if they're not going to be and if they're not going to be in the main or you know for ambrose at least he's not going to be in the main event but you know it's just it just seemed like and listen i don't love ambrose in the ring or anything and sure. I, don't, I don't love the almost like casey jones version of the brian pillman <laughs> he's doing you know right. um but it just seems like such a miss. It seems like they're just missing opportunities. With these guys. When you look at the Michaels Jericho feud of like 2008 and sure. how intensely personal that was, and you just see what could have happened at WrestleMania 32 if they just let Lesnar beat Ambrose to a pulp, yeah. and taken more pain than anyone else. This whole feud would be completely different, sure, and could probably headline the pay per view because it would about actually be about like two guys who really did hate each other rather than two guys. It seems like the dude love versions of both of them are fighting. That's what it feels like. <laughs> oh my god! Now, okay, now I hate this match. That was Sorry, exactly right. That like, I mean, I don't know. That's kind of what it feels like. Maybe I'm being hypercritical here because I. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's a comedy match. Like, it's a comedy. Yeah. It's a comedy feud. Like, that's that's what it is. And there's and and you know, I guess I guess my point is that like, just acknowledge what it is and don't right. you know, and let's not get to uh, you know, don't don't criticize it for for being you know a crap match or whatever when it when it's clearly just setting out to be funny but you're right there's a way better version of this feud of putting these two guys together that they didn't even attempt to get at and i guess they can i mean i also know that like jericho can never be the heel like the Shawn michaels heel anymore he's more of the man of a thousand four holds heel right now because he's just goofier now drink it in baby and it's not bad but um, I don't know. I, I guess with Ambrose, you just it felt like they could have had somebody there who can maybe they still do. But why not? You know, like I just thought it was kind of desperate in the months leading up to Mania where he was headlining a lot of stuff yeah. because they knew Reigns couldn't close out the show. Sure. So what, what are they doing? And like there? we said, I mean, I've, I've said it before. You said it earlier in the show. That, I mean, Ambrose has that charisma to to be a main eventer, yeah. you know, and he's it, it's it's uh it's just a matter of you've them said it before it he works better in the top position it's weird yeah. when he's not 
Yeah, it's it's. I mean, no one can be at the top all the time. I think that you know, it'd be interesting to see where they go if they continue with this feud or if this is the end. It's a you know, this this Treehouse of Horrors match is is gonna be. Is, it might it might be the the right time. Treehouse of Horrors. The, the right time to go out and like refill your beer or whatever at the, <laughs> when you're watching the show. Um, and then the, all we got left is the main event, man. AJ, Roman um, Reigns versus AJ Styles. It's gotta be. It's gotta be Roman Reigns, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's sort of a win-win. I mean, you know, we talk a lot about guys who can win by losing if you look good in the match, and and AJ Styles has done that against Roman Reigns in the past. But I but I almost think that like just the cred the cred he'll get for making Roman Reigns work is is greater than any title. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I just can't see that from everything I've heard. Like, there's just no way that Vince is gonna have. Uh, a guy that didn't get over in his company, you know, so go over, which is crazy. You know, people make this art like people were always like, oh, Vince has to destroy whatever is competition. And I mean, that 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 I understand why he did that, because, you know, back in the day, that probably helped. It helped putting Dusty in the polka dots, you know, because that meant that WBF was the only sole competitor. He, sure. he destroyed the memories of everybody else. But now it's like. Dude, you're the only game in town. What do you have to lose by having this guy go over? No one's going to challenge you. Right I think now. if anybody's going to change it, it's right. Now, it's it's with AJ Styles. I mean, the fact yeah. the, the amount that they, I wrote about this in the Ringer on the Ringer uh, I, I Facebook read that. page. It was great. Yeah, the fact that they're actually acknowledging the world exists, uh, you know, is, is really big. I, I mean, I don't. It's it's almost. I mean, like AJ is incredibly over. I don't want to discount what he's been able to do, what he can physically and like you know charisma wise do, but it's almost. But like, I don't think that. I don't. I think that you're right, and that Vince is is never going to look at AJ Styles and the reaction that he gets and say, "Now's the time to break the rules that I've established." But I kind of just think that it's it's more of a realization of that he's caused and just to know about where they are in business right now. I mean, they need they need to find they need to figure something else out. And if letting AJ Styles go over is, I mean, that's a very simple thing that they that it wouldn't be a terrible idea to test market. You know, and yeah, no, they've I been doing know. that over the past couple of months. I mean, I still think this ends in some form or fashion with, um, you know, with with the club officially forming or you go straight to, you know, AJ didn't get the job done. And here's our real friend, Finn Balor, you know, and, and yeah. take it from there. And then that then that feud can commence. I think like I mean, I get to though realistically what AJ Styles is like 38 or something like he's a little older. I mean, that's not like ancient for wrestling. Terms, oh, sure. So it's not like. You know, it's not like they're hot, like they're keeping back the new guy. But I, I heard rumors that Anderson and Gallows are going to turn on AJ. Like I've heard, like yeah, that's what I mean. I think that that's what everybody's assuming, just because like Finn Balor, like Finn Balor doesn't have a place in this feud if he gets yeah. called up sooner rather than later, in, unless it's in AJ. I mean, just like in Japan, he took AJ's place in the Bullet Club, right? So like, right. it'll be. Uh, or AJ took his place. Sorry, did I, I get that AJ backwards? Took his place. Right. So the but yeah, but like it's it's they 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 fill sort of the same spot. You know. But it's so interesting because how we're talking about this has nothing to do with Reigns, and that just shows you how they haven't. Gotten it has them nothing over to do with WWE either. I like this is like everything existing, <laughs> everything in the WWE main event scene is happening on a meta level, and it's the happiest I've ever been in my life. Like it's just so crazy. Um, but yeah, Roman Reigns. I mean, listen, if that's his job, if he's going to be the big, you know, the the big champ, and he, Obviously, he's doing this interesting job of working sort of heel, and you know he's he's we're in a much better Roman Reigns space than we were three months ago. What if this was like the ultimate master plan of McMahon finally getting Cena over as a face, having to everybody? <laughs> he has he beats Reigns, and everyone's excited. That would be really great. 
I mean, in that map, oh man. But that could be SummerSlam is that like finally after 13 years, Cena is the face that I always knew he could be. Yeah, I mean, if Vince McMahon comes out and like publicly shames publicly shames Roman Reigns, just like I put a lot of money into you and you couldn't get a single cheer, and then brings out John Cena, like that would <laughs> that might put the, be the that might be the only way to get Roman Reigns over as a babyface. <laughs> um, but yeah, that could be. I mean, listen, that I mean, we we shouldn't spend too much time fantasy booking because we'll all just be disappointed in the end. That's that's the one lesson I've learned in uh, fantasy booking. In m- many years of podcasting and writing about wrestling. Wrestling you, is like a relationship. Don't you know? Don't don't put unrealistic expectations on it. Yeah, or any <laughs> expectations on it. All all it's ever going to do is disappoint you. That's not true. You can enjoy it. And Extreme Rules is inevitably fun. There will never there will be things that we like about it. It's just like the the the. Uh, one night only. I mean, one night stand show that we watched before. I mean, there's about two thirds of that show is skippable. You know, I mean, then like yeah. for the for the Terry Funk match for the main event, there are a couple other moments throughout the show. I mean, and you know, it's it's just transcendent, and that's uh, that's something that this sort of hardcore stuff can do for us that regular matches can't. Yeah, like it's like uh, you know, if, if, if every wrestle, I always judge a great WrestleMania or something by like if it's got three great moments. Then I'm fine with it. Right. If everything else is terrible, whatever. Really? Yeah. I think that I, on some level, I agree with that. But then also, like, you can, you can, it's really easy to argue both ways, right? I mean, you can just be like, well, yeah, all they were doing was making moments. There was no match. Yeah. There was no, there was no, you know, there wasn't a card. There wasn't much of a, you know, a thought out card. I, I sort of agree with you in just in so much as, like, the moment retroactively makes the match. Yeah. You know, like, I don't remember what happened. I didn't remember what happened at Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania as I was walking out of the arena. But I was, like, pretty sure when I rewatched it, I was was, going to think it was awesome. And it was pretty awesome. Yeah. But part of that is knowing that that big fall is coming, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I was... uh, That match I have mixed opinions about, but I I just think it's weird that Shane was able to, like, put forth that good of an effort. I just wanted well, that's, it to be that such was a problem. schmoz. The that, whole thing I wanted to be a schmoz, and it wasn't. Yeah, there, there's a, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of very, there are very, a lot of very good complaints you can have about that match on like a sort of like, like what the hell level, you know? Like what was the thinking? Like the logic doesn't hold up behind any of this, but uh, you know, it was what it was, and we got to see Shane Floff of a giant. I mean, that was pretty cool. Yeah, nothing can be better. Uh, Extreme Rules probably nobody falling off the top of a of a cage, but you know we Hope might so. we might see we might maybe see something. Maybe a crew member. <laughs> what? Yeah. Maybe a crew member. That's really wait. So we got a no DQ match. We got an Extreme Rules match. Um, we Texas got, Tornado match. The, they, they just announced that Usos versus Anderson and Gallows. Oh really? It's not a Texas Tornado. That's ma- what they call or what is it called? Tornado. tornado. Texas Tornado Tornado Tag Match Tornado Tag Oh is that it Um, Oh Texas Tornado Is the wrestler Yeah yeah. Uh, Kerry Von Eric R.I.P. Rest in peace Um, So yeah That that match Has not made it Onto Wikipedia yet So I'm very I I just Maybe they're taking it off But I remember No 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 I think just the wrestling fans That update Wikipedia Have taken the day off I think that's the That's That, I, I this podcast is not going to uh, have a lot of success if you go after <laughs> internet wrestling fans, David. I, I guarantee you. Probably true. Uh, <laughs> that we uh, the submission match for the women's championship. So that I mean that's a really cool and logical stipulation. Yeah. 
uh, fatal four way, which is not particularly fatal. It just is the name. It's a match with a name, and they put it on this card. <laughs> right. So the asylum matches are one big schmozzy. I mean, as our chance to be the one big, you know, kind of crazy match. And uh, I mean, I'm sure the main event will have plenty of chairs. They've had lots of, you know, and they'll have some cool bumps. They'll have a lot stuff. of looking at chairs too. There's been more looking at a chair during this main event program. Yeah. Should I hit someone with a chair? It's like you could just split the difference and punch them five times in the amount of time you're going to stare at the chair. Exactly. Not to mention I'd be way more scared of the Styles Clash going wrong than a chair. <laughs> <laughs> is the most, that is the most lethal move. Like in the WWE right now. That's way scarier. Yeah. Than a chair on the flat of your back, definitely. All right, man. Well, that's it, man. Do we miss anything? No, that James Bond reference. I think my my friend comedian Mike Warren's actually made an observation, so I don't want to pretend like I stole that. What's the James Susan Bond Frederick? reference? I think I called Cesaro James Bond at some point with the James Bond. Suit. Oh yeah, he's like a James Bond. I was getting nervous. Like I'm see my wrestling podcasts. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> this uh, is the one place where you're safe. You can just steal all of your friend's material. Wrestling, yeah, is the one place you can do. <laughs> Um, what was the news stuff that you mentioned earlier? No, there we had, the, oh, the big news for me was that Vince McMahon sold $40 million of his own stock, which makes me wonder, David, is the XFL coming back? I think that, that that's the only possible that's the solution. the only possible solution. <laughs> or the scenario. World Bodybuilding Federation or whatever. <laughs> like, whenever before. Vince moves that much money, you should be a little scared. Well, Steph sold something a, really stupid is coming. Yeah, Steph sold a bunch of stock, you know, earlier, this was the beginning of this year, yeah. and, and it turned out she was just buying a gigantic new plot of land or something. Yeah, yeah. Everybody was really freaking out for a while. I mean, it's weird that they're in this situation where they're like, where Vince is the majority owner, you know, of the company, no matter how much he sells, probably. And, uh, um, and and yet he's still like like people watch him when he's when he's like oh I just want to like I want some liquid you know with some cash so that I can like buy the best boat anyone's ever seen <laughs> or he's like gonna you know I'm gonna build a build a space shuttle I'm gonna beat Elon Musk to, to outer space or whatever like <laughs> but still people look at him and think WWE is about to go under I mean there've been some weird like grumblings from like I, I saw some some like investor site was talking about uh, last week or something was talking about how. Uh, you know, it, like they were a very interesting property for a major media company to buy because they sort of have this Marvel universe or like you know Disney sort of like you know they're 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 their own brand, they're their own thing. You could combine them with amusement parks or with whatever else, and they have this like this WWE network platform that if you can just sort of like swipe that technology and use it for your other things. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of ways that they're valuable beyond their cable ratings. Yeah, absolutely. And wrestling is so weird because like in almost every other medium, like you're like, Oh, if somebody buys something you love, you're kind of like, Oh, I hope they don't screw it up. And wrestling is the only one you're like, man, wouldn't it be great if someone Disney bought this? (laughs) Then they could save it. Maybe. Oh man! Well, they would certainly run into the ground, but we could be we could fantasy book the way that that gets really that that's really uh, that works out too. Um, you also told me earlier that Paige and Del Rio were dating in real life, which is you know yeah. I like when to say, she calls him Pappy, it's because she people genuinely think that he's her father. <laughs> oh no! Really um, I, I, I saved this for the end because I knew I couldn't go on after we broke this. You're, news yeah, you're a big Page Mark, right? Um, yeah, from like yeah from from her ve- from the very beginning. Yeah. See, I liked her. You know, I think she, obviously she's a really good wrestler and i think she's being underutilized and smoking hot but like once you're on total divas for me it's like not as i'm not as turned on anymore totally true now i see i see I, how the sausage is made you know exactly and it's, and it's all yeah it's like data it's like if if someone you think is really hot dates like the worst person in the world and right. in your regular life i'm not saying this about del rio i've met him he seems very nice but yeah i mean it just seems like 
there's some people, there's always some people in your life that are just, that just this, like the stink of that dude will never get off the girl. Del and, Rio, is that for you? No, 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 no. no, no. Total not. Divas is that for me. Right. Like it just sort of changes the way you perceive them. I felt that about Luna and Bam Bam. No. <laughs> Wait, which one of them did it change for Use you? Use your imagination, yeah. David. Um, All right. I, but I, I bet you that sex tape's pretty good on a side note. Luna and Bam Bam? <laughs> I cannot think of a better way to end the first, the, the first episode the Jersey, of this the Jersey podcast. Triad and Luna. Uh, I'm not. We're All done. Right. Rest we're in peace, over, Luna. guys. Sorry. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks to Tate and thanks to Joe for uh, for producing the show and thanks for the Ringer and Channel 33 for for employing me. You have any? You have anything you to do say? Some at the cheap end? plugs. Plug you man. Can, uh, uh, follow me on at DS Germain on Twitter. DanceAgermain.net has all my stand updates and all the shorts I've done. Watch Not Safe with Nikki Glazer. I co-host that podcast. I also co-host my dumb friends podcast on all things comedy network so that was really good i'm at david shoemaker somehow uh, i got we my real name other. on twitter so yeah we follow each other and, and occasionally uh, go back and forth yeah uh, mostly text messages because our jokes are really lewd but uh <laughs> so uh, just a lot there's not there's not a mass appeal for the uh, bam bam and luna uh, no, humor I think so but maybe maybe somebody will just start that twitter account guys thanks for listening we'll be back uh, early next week after, uh, or I'll be back after Extreme Rules. We'll have something up probably Tuesday afternoon. So uh, uh, subscribe to Channel 33, and uh, we'll 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 keep this thing going. Thanks. <laughs>